It's Friday, May the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, American unemployment mounts and Sanofi sparks vaccine fury in France. First, the world in brief. The number of new unemployment claims filed in America dipped slightly last week to just under 3 million from 3.2 million the week before. More than 36 million new claims have been made in the past two months since widespread lockdowns were imposed to curb the spread of the coronavirus. As restrictions are gradually lifted, the weekly tally is expected to slow. Rick Bright, a whistleblower, told a congressional hearing that America will face the darkest winter until it develops a comprehensive strategy for fighting COVID-19. Until last month, he led the department developing drugs to treat or prevent the disease. Mr. Bright was sacked, he says, for criticising the administration's response. President Donald Trump has poo-pooed him as a disgruntled employee. Richard Burr stepped down as chairman of the American Senate's Intelligence Committee in light of allegations that he traded stocks based on confidential briefings he had received before the pandemic hit markets. Mr. Burr, who claims his trades were based on public information, said he would cooperate with investigators. On Wednesday, they seized his mobile phone as evidence. Sanofi, a pharmaceutical giant based in Paris, triggered fierce objections from the French government after its boss suggested America might get the largest pre-order of COVID-19 vaccines. French officials have called such privileged access unacceptable. President Emmanuel Macron, who has said a vaccine must be treated as a public good for the world, summoned Sanofi's top management to the Elysee Palace. Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, threatened to cut tube and bus services if the British government did not agree a financial rescue package with Transport for London. TfL, the capital's public transport authority, faces a £4 billion, $4.9 billion deficit this year because of a fall in passenger numbers due to the pandemic. The International Energy Agency reported that declines in the demand for oil will be less severe than expected. The IEA estimates consumption will fall this year by 8.6 million barrels a day, less than the 9.3 million a day it had projected in April. It also warned that a resurgence of infections as lockdowns ease remains a major risk factor. Malaysian prosecutors dropped a money laundering case against Riza Aziz, stepson of Najib Razak, Malaysia's former prime minister and a producer of the Oscar-nominated film The Wolf of Wall Street. Mr. Riza was alleged to have received $248 million from 1MDB, a Malaysian development fund. He had pleaded not guilty but agreed to pay the government more than $107 million. And correction. An article in yesterday's Espresso suggested that America's presidential election will take place in December rather than November. Sorry. And now, here's today's agenda. Ban extended. American firms and Huawei. America has extended a ban on its companies buying or using telecoms equipment made by Huawei and ZTE, a pair of Chinese firms, for another year. The ban has been laid on national security grounds. American officials claim that Huawei, the world's biggest seller of equipment used in mobile phone networks, could use its dominance for eavesdropping or sabotage, something the firm has vociferously denied doing. Alongside the ban, America has been pressing other countries to blacklist Huawei themselves, but with limited success. Huawei has acknowledged some harm from America's campaign, but its latest set of results published in April reported a small increase in revenue. Most of the pain has been concentrated in its smartphone division. The ban has prevented Huawei devices released after May 16, 2019 from shipping with popular apps such as Gmail, Google Maps or YouTube, 
the firm is trying to develop homegrown alternatives but faces an uphill struggle, especially outside China. Capitalizing Hedge funds The past decade has been rotten for many hedge funds. Once thought of as prophetic and infallible thanks to their prowess at beating the market, their returns have sagged since the global financial crisis. Investors have fled to cheaper alternatives such as index funds or to the juicy returns apparently offered by private equity. Hedge funds once managed a far greater pot of capital than either. But both have leapfrogged hedge funds in size in the past few years. Plenty of hedgies now hope that the crisis will bring renewed enthusiasm from investors. Their first quarter returns, which must be filed to regulators today, appear to have performed better than the volatile stock market this year. And as the need for cash swells during the pandemic, many of those who stuffed money into illiquid investments, such as private equity, may come to regret their decision. The long slog back. China's economy. First in, first out. The coronavirus began in China and a host of statistics for April out today showed that its economy is on track for the world's earliest recovery. The activity indicators were still weak, but they also revealed substantial momentum towards better days. Year-on-year declines in retail sales and fixed asset investment narrowed sharply from March, while industrial output actually increased slightly. The recovery, such as it is, has been helped by faster credit growth over the past two months. Most crucially though, it reflects China's success in limiting the spread of COVID-19, giving people the confidence to resume some semblance of normality. Other countries might regard China's relative success as a hopeful preview for themselves. But apart from a handful in Asia, few have waged such a fierce battle to contain the virus. Recoveries elsewhere may be even slower and bumpier. Little progress. Brexit trade talks. The latest round of virtual trade talks between Britain and the European Union finishes with a press conference today by Michel Barnier, the EU's chief negotiator. He will report that there has again been little progress. The EU accuses the British of resigning from the political declaration attached to the withdrawal treaty, which talked of robust commitments to ensure a level playing field on social, environmental, labour and state subsidy rules. The bloc also claims there has been no serious negotiation over its demand for continued access to British fishing waters, without which Mr Barnier says there can be no deal. Britain retorts that the EU did not impose similar conditions on other countries it has free trade deals with, such as Canada, and should respect Britain as a sovereign state that formally left the bloc in January. Only one more round of virtual talks is due before what may be a bad-tempered stock-taking leaders' summit in June. Headed down. German GDP. At the end of April, Germany's economy minister, Peter Altmaier, warned the Federal Republic would suffer the biggest slump in its 71-year history this year. Today's first quarter GDP figures for Europe's largest economy will be a taste of what lies ahead. Economists forecast a quarter-on-quarter drop of 2.2%, the worst reading since 2009 in the depths of the global financial crisis. The Kreditenstadt für Wiederaufbau, the state development bank, expects German GDP to shrink by 6% this year. Morgan Stanley, an investment bank, expects a decline of as much as 8%. The government is offering a glimmer of hope, predicting that the economy will bounce back in 2021 and grow by 5.2% as the impact of the virus wanes. The KFW forecasts similar growth rates, provided economic activity did indeed reach its trough in April and a second wave of COVID-19 can be avoided. 
Finally, here's the quote of the day from L. Frank Baum, who was born on this day in 1856. No thief, however skillful, can rob one of knowledge, and that is why knowledge is the best and safest treasure to acquire. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.